0: I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. We're going to be studying this morning, finishing up chapter six, and that is about Noah and God's commissioning him to build the ark. We do need to deal with some deal with a idea that is actually not started here it doesn't begin here it doesn't have its doesn't have its beginning in this passage but it is an important understanding and as we go through scripture we're going to actually see uh three of these in the book of genesis and i think it's of the utmost importance that we talk about them and deal with them yesterday remember he told him that he was going to destroy all all that has life that walks upon the earth and that he was going to bring about his judgment on all flesh on the earth and that was that had a reason because of the attaining of the bloodlines of man and he is going to he's going to protect the bloodline of humanity and he is going to he's going to establish his covenant with he's going to he's going to keep his covenant with Adam and Eve through Noah through their son Seth uh, all the way down to Noah and then through Noah's sons and so that's what's going on here And so in verse 18, it says, But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. And every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark. Keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Now, I I think it's of great importance that you can see What's happening here? He says here, "I will establish my covenant with you." And covenant is a special relationship. A covenant relationship is a relationship between two parties where both give of themselves. Uh, they give of their, they give something important in their lives. The covenant relationship that we have right now, physically on the earth. That symbolic of this, is marriage. And that's one of the reasons why marriage is under major attack by the enemy, by the forces of darkness, by the devil, and those who are, are, are trying to destroy what marriage is. And understanding understanding that, and understanding that marriage is a giving. I, when I do marriage counseling, when I talk to people about getting married, I always say to them, first and foremost, you need to understand that many people will tell you many people teach will tell you that marriage is a 50-50 proposition meaning you got to give as much as you get you got to you got to make sure you're giving as much as you are receiving that's not the case that's not the biblical idea of a covenant relationship in marriage marriage is 100% you give all and you expect to receive all that's exactly what that's exactly what our relationship with God is through Jesus Christ it is 100%. He gave all, and so we we give all ourselves. That whole passage that we've been turning back to over and again on Sunday mornings, that whole passage of take up your cross and follow me, is the idea that Jesus went to the cross and gave all of his life, and then in our covenant relationship with him. And by the way, the New Testament covenant, that is embodied in Jesus Christ, that covenant relationship that we have with God through Jesus Christ, that is the culmination of all these covenants. And it is a picture of a complete, perfect, 100%, 100% relationship with each other and with God. And when you give all, you receive all from him. Now we're obviously receiving more than we're giving, but we're giving all when we enter into that relationship with God. And that's what a covenant relationship is about. Notice that Noah gave all of his life. He's, he's, he in this relationship, after hearing God tell him to build this ark, he spent a large portion of his life building this ark, a big chunk of his life building this ark. And he had to trust God. He had to trust God. He placed everything he had, in building this giant boat, this giant barge that God had told him to build. Can you imagine the amount of gopher wood and the amount of pitch that he had to come up with? And you say, we build ships like that all the time. Yeah, but there's hundreds and thousands and millions of us building boats like this. He It took him, can you imagine the time it took him to procure the resources to build this boat? And then not only that, Uh, what all it took for him to get to the point where it was actually completed and built. It had three decks. It was 450 feet long and 75 feet wide. It had to be It had to be covered in pitch inside and out. And that was for the purpose of uh, making it waterproof, not only inside, not only outside, but inside in case there was some kind of, it hit something or there was a hole in a portion of it. It had to be compartmentalized and it was compartmentalized in such a way that make it float even better. It was made at a time where no one had seen any rain. The rain had not fallen on the earth at that time. And we're going to see that a little bit later. Notice that Noah gave everything he invested his whole life in this project. He invested his whole life in what God had told him was going to happen and something that he, he it was necessary that he was to do. And in that investment of his whole life uh, in building this ark, he had to trust God. The building of the ark is an outward expression of the faith that he had in God. It's an outward expression of what he understood and believed about God. He believed that God was true to his word he believed that god was true to his revelation he believed that god had a purpose and a plan and his life was given for that you notice that's a covenant relationship god says i'm going to i'm going to make a covenant with you i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to we're going to have this relationship where i give all and you give all we're going to have this relationship where i allow you to have my very best and i am going to i'm going to ask of you that you give me Uh, your total allegiance, and your total love, and that you trust me with what I'm going to tell you to do. And so he tells Noah, he says, listen, I'm going to establish an intimate covenant relationship with you. You say, what are the covenant relationships in the Bible? They they are very important. And I think think it's it's proper for you to understand them. And I'll mention them now, and I'll mention them over and over as we study through scripture together. But the first covenant relationship is the Adamic covenant. It's the covenant that God made, makes with Adam after he sins in the garden. He makes it with Adam and Eve, and he, he gives them the the consequences of their sin, but he also gives them promises. And he tells them what he's going to do to fix the problem. He tells them what he's going to do uh, to make things right for them. And so the Adamic covenant is a covenant of a promise to come, a promise of a savior to come, a promise of a deliverer to come. And that's an important covenant relationship. And then we get to this time where God's going to have to destroy all flesh that walks upon the earth in order to protect the bloodline of humanity. And so in order to do that, He establishes a covenant with Noah, and that covenant is an extension of the Adamic covenant. It's basically saying, I am going to use you, and from you, I'm going to save humanity, and I am going to bring about my best through you and through your faith. And so that's what the Noahic covenant brings about. And then obviously, you've got the Abrahamic covenant, and that covenant is a covenant of faith where he says, if you'll trust me, I'll make your line a great nation, and I'll bring about the redemption that I promised to Adam, and I'll bring about the fullness of the protection and the bringing about of salvation to mankind that I pro- promised that I promised Noah that no more after this will I destroy humanity. And so you've got the extension of the Adamic covenant and the extension of the Noetic covenant and the Abrahamic covenant where God says, I'm beginning the process of putting my plan into place to bring about a redeemer and to show you through your life and through the life of those who come after you, my plan for humanity. And so you have that. And then ultimately you have the Davidic covenant where God promises to David that from his line, that deliverer is going to come. Notice it's a continual promise of redemption, of deliverance, and adding to the plan and adding to and a showing of God's plan. That's what those covenants in scripture are all about. And then ultimately you got, I skipped the Mosaic covenant, And the Mosaic covenant is a covenant with Moses where he says, I'm going to reveal myself to you. I'm going to reveal my character and my nature to you. So after the Abrahamic covenant, you've got God saying, I'm going to reveal myself to you. And then I'm going to reveal myself in the flesh to you through the Davidic covenant, through one coming after David, who is the son of God. And ultimately, all those five covenants, those, remember five is the number of grace, Those five covenants are completed in the sixth covenant relationship, which is the New Testament covenant. And remember, six is the number for man and Jesus came as a man. And so that, that sixth covenant is a culmination of the other five covenant relationships, which God gave us in the Old Testament. It is a, it's a progression. It's a covenant progression toward an end, which ultimately ends in Jesus Christ and his, his sealing those covenants. In blood, and if you'll notice, if you'll notice, covenant relationships all involve involve blood, blood sacrifice, or a blood a relationship, and ultimately we're going to see that in every one of these covenants. In the Adamic covenant, the covenant is in it's in the blood of, of the animals that God sacrificed and clothed them with. You see the blood covenant in in the Noatic covenant, with He destroyed all flesh on the earth. He shed the blood of all the flesh on the earth. In the Abrahamic covenant, you have that covenant where the spirit of God goes between the three animals that, that he told Abraham to sacrifice. And then Mosaic covenant is you see the blood sacrifice of the lamb and the lamb's blood being placed on the doors of the houses right before the death angel comes about. And then and then you just continue to see that that blood sacrifice all the way to Jesus Christ where he sheds his blood on the cross he gives his whole life on the cross for our sins that we uh, that we can be made whole and so as you go through each one of those covenants you see that and when god says i make a covenant with you what he's saying is i'm giving you a promise and you're giving me a promise it's a promise for a promise and my promise is sealed by my character and nature and your promise is sealed by your life and that's important that's important for you to see and understand because a lot of times we talk about the Christian life and being a part of the body of Christ and joining God in the work that he's doing in your life and your life on the earth. And we see it as more of a smorgasbord or a buffet. It's a choice. You just, you can choose what God wants you to do and you go and you choose this and you choose that. We love that. The heart of man's choices are not very good. It's not a smorgasbord. No use in trying to explain to people the things that they need or need not to choose what it is. It's a covenant relationship. And when you enter in that covenant, you're giving everything. You're not just giving part, you're giving all. And sure, it is an ultimate choice, but you need to see it as that it is an ultimate choice. You're either choosing to walk with God or you're choosing to not walk with god it's not a it's not aI'm gonna choose to do what God wants today, and then tomorrow I'm gonna choose not to the ark would have never been built under those terms. If Noah worked one day and spent a month doing what he wanted to do, well, even though he lived for several hundred years, the ark would have never gotten built. There's no way for us as human beings to walk with God partially. You either walk with him all the time, or really to tell you the truth, you wander most of the time, if not all the time. And that's important to see. He says, and every living thing and all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort onto the ark. What he's saying is every type of animal, and we can get into all kinds of things about columns and kingdoms and all th- uh, all those all those type of things. I'm not sure exactly how that worked. I'm quite sure that they probably were were very. He didn't bring in a full-grown buffalo. He probably brought on a male and a female baby buffalo, and when and when they left the ark, they began to they had a full life to fill the earth as buffalo or whatever animal that might have been. And I'm quite sure he didn't bring a beagle and a chihuahua. I'm quite sure that all dogs sprung forth from the two that he brought on the ark. And, uh, and we understand that, that there's a difference between there's a difference between the things that are taught around, around here in the times that we live in, as far as, as far as creation and evolution and, uh, and there's a difference between a whole new creature evolving from another creature, which, by the way, we have no, we have, we've never observed that as humanity. We've never actually observed that happening. But there's obviously adaptation that happens in the gene pool. And so you can breed two types of dogs together and come up with a whole new genetic dog a whole new type of animal. And adaptation is an important understanding of how, how we can have one bovine go on the ark and come up with all these different types of bovines, all these different types of cattle, and all these different types of animals that come from that. He said he brought them two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Notice he says that all the time. And there's a reason why they had to be male and female, because if they're not male and female, you cannot have procreation. That's how God made us. If that's not obvious to you and how life is, if that's not obvious to you, then you have an agenda. It says, and your agenda is not God's, by the way, of the birds after that kind of animal, after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. Notice Noah didn't have to go out there and catch them all. They came to him. These young animals came to him and came to him on the ark. He didn't have to go out there and do it. Oftentimes, when we think of our covenant relationship with God, we think of all the things that we've got to get done, that we've got to accomplish, that we've got to bring up as we work God's plan, that we've got to do these things. That's not how a covenant relationship with, works with God. What God requires from you in your covenant relationship with him is faith. He requires that you trust him and that your actions reflect that trust and that your words reflect that trust and that your trust is complete and whole in him. And if you'll do that and your actions will reflect your trust in him and your words will reflect your trust in him, he will do his good and pleasing work through you. And that is what a covenant relationship ultimately looks like. God enters that covenant relationship with you by giving of his son, Jesus Christ. You trust in that son, that revelatory word that is Jesus Christ. You trust in his Holy Spirit's guidance and you and your actions reflect that and your words reflect that. And when your actions reflect that and your words reflect that, then obviously by the end, you are walking in that powerful relationship with God and he is bringing about the ends and he is bringing about the results. So many times we get so focused in life on the results of how we how we walk with God or how things are going in our lives. I'm not in charge of the results of my life. I am in a covenant relationship with God in which He's re- in charge of the results. What I'm in charge of is the faith and the trusting in Him. And it's my job to trust Him, and it's His job to bring about the results that are the very best for me. And so we need to, in our lives, continue to do that bring about the best of the results of our lives. We need to bring about those best by not doing, but bring about those best by trusting. And Noah didn't have to go out there and find all the animals. All Noah had to do was his life had to reflect what he believed God had told him through his revelation of his word to Noah, and he built that ark. And then when he built it, God brought the animals to him. And he said, and you shall take for yourselves all of all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourselves. Now, did Noah have to take care of what he wanted to eat on his trip? Yes, he did. He said, gather the food that you want to eat and take it on the ark, and it shall be food for you and food for them. So he had to gather the food. He had to build the ark. And God sent the purpose for the ark, the animals, to be there so that he could preserve humanity, and he could preserve the animal kingdom on the earth. And then it says, so Noah did according to all that God had commanded him. So he did notice what is Noah doing There is. This is, this is very important. What did Noah do? do? He did according to what God had revealed to him. All right. So what do we have? We have God's revelation. You hear God's word. You receive God's word. You faith, hope, trust, believe God's word. There you go, Miss Diane. You faith, hope, trust, believe God's word. And then as you do that, you walk in power. That's where the kingdom comes about, okay? So you hear God's word. You receive God's word. You faith, hope, and believe God's word. And then you walk in it. And when you do that, you have God's best at work in your life. And that's ultimately what verse 22 says. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Why? He was obedient, but it wasn't obedience that was blind. It wasn't faith that was blind. It was obedience and faith based off of the revelation of God. It was obedience and faith based off of the revelation of God. Understanding that is critical in your walk. God reveals himself to you through his word and personally to your life. You hear what he says, you receive it. You say, I've heard you, God, I receive that. That's why we have altar calls on Sunday morning is so that once you've heard God's word, you can go to the altar and you can tell God, I've heard you, I receive what you said. And then you believe it. You faith, hope, trust, believe it. That's what you do. And as you believe it, you act it out when you leave that place. When you leave the revelation of God, you act that out. Noah heard what God said. He did according to what God said because he received it and he believed it. And I would say that to you this morning. What is God saying to you? And are you receiving it? Are you believing it? And then is it reflected in how you are living it? And say in the name of Jesus that please trust him. And as you trust him, you'll have his very best. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.